The I Am Norman podcast is brought to you by the Hall of the Railhouse, Norman's premier event space in the heart of downtown. Weddings, receptions, corporate events, luncheons, banquets, promise parties, and more. If you're looking for a place to celebrate life, choose the Hall of the Railhouse. Located in downtown Norman, the Hall of the Railhouse is a century-old event space with wood floors, exposed brick, beautiful wood barrel ceilings, and an outdoor space where you can get married or just extend your party outdoors under a beautiful canopy of patio lighting. With plenty of parking and many packages to choose from, the Hall is the perfect spot for your next event. For more information, please visit thehallattherailhouse.com or call 405-778-0003. Hello and welcome to I Am Norman, a podcast about the great city of Norman, Oklahoma. Well, I'm originally a Normanite. I'm a Norman girl. I've always looked at Norman as just a fabulous place. I had a great childhood here. And I am a Norman girl. I mean, born and raised from day one, Norman, Oklahoma. I haven't lived anywhere as long as I've lived here. So I call Norman home now. and It's a, it's a great place to live. I'm Zach Logsdon, and I hope you'll join me each episode as we hear the stories of the amazing people, businesses, philanthropies, and upcoming events in Norman, and what makes our big little city so great. I love that in Norman, I am part of something that's so much bigger than me. I just think that the people here in Norman are extremely generous. I've said it before, and I'll say it again, nothing loves anything the way Norman loves Norman. The I Am Norman podcast is brought to you by Norman Heating, Air Conditioning, and Plumbing. When your home or business needs cold air or hot water, call Norman Heating, Air Conditioning, and Plumbing at 405-823-9641 or visit them online at normanair.com. Hello, Norman, and welcome to Season 2 of the I Am Norman podcast. I I say Season 2, but it's not like we had a real first season. We had a first year, I guess, so maybe call this Year 2 of the I Am Norman podcast. But it was a year ago, almost exactly, that I found myself not quite knowing what to do with myself. Uh, I was working from home, we were staying inside, we weren't going to grocery stores or restaurants, Uh, the pandemic was in full force, and uh, uh, the sports world, which is how I make my living in sports marketing uh, most of the time, kind of, so that world shut down, and and I didn't have much to do with myself, and so I decided to start this podcast, uh, telling the stories of Normanites, uh, what makes our city so great, the people, the businesses, the organizations, the events, etc., that make our community so special. And uh, over the past year, uh, really for the first nine months of of me starting this, did uh, 45 episodes. I learned uh, about uh, so much about the community and the people in it, and it was truly inspiring to me and and made me really uh, appreciate what it is we have here in our community, and I hope that all of my listeners found the same thing to be true, received some real positive feedback, had a great time doing it, and uh, took about a three-month hiatus, released our last episode in January, now it is April, and uh, we are back. I have a really great episode today. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you will um, 
We'll talk about this on uh, to your friends about the podcast. I mean, uh, to your friends on your social media feeds. Tell people about the I Am Norman podcast, and and hopefully this can grow, and we can we can continue to learn more and more about each other and about our community and what makes it so great. So, the uh, social media feeds are uh, the just search for I Am Norman Pod. You can do that on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can reach me. Uh, my Twitter is at Zach Logsdon, Z-A-C-L-O-G-S-D-O-N, or my email, Zach at ZachLogsdon.com. Uh, anyway, thanks for joining me uh, for season two, year two, whatever it is of the I Am Norman podcast. I hope you enjoy this episode, and I hope you subscribe and listen to many, many more to come. Enjoy. Hello, Normanites, and welcome to another episode of the I Am Norman podcast. With me today, uh, someone you may have seen around town, uh, an artist, a professional artist uh, known for constructing innovative industrial sculptures. Uh, the, the recurrent theme through his work uh, is pushing through to overcome struggle. He's uh, a self-described weirdo. Uh, with, with me today is Brett McDaniel. Brett, thanks for being a part of the podcast. Hey, I appreciate you asking me. I've kind of looked over some of the people that you've had on the show. You know, you have Jacob Rosecrans and Emily Virgin and, and, uh, Emily, Emily Jimenez Calhoun and I, or, uh, uh Angela Jimenez Calhoun. Yep, I feel yep. like maybe I'm a, maybe I'm a, on the B list here, so, <laughs> um, but I'm still, but I'm still excited to be here. Not at all. Well, thank you for joining me. I, uh, I'm excited to hear your story. Um, you, you make some really unique stuff and I, and I want to talk about that, but before we get into your art, let's talk about you and, and your path to Norman. I'll be honest. I don't know if you're from here. I don't know if you ended up here, uh, through a roundabout way. So, so talk about you and your history with the great city of Norman, Oklahoma. Well, I am a, uh, a third generation Normanite. Um, I was born here in 1979. Uh, my dad was born here in 1943. And my grandfather was born here in 1910, I believe. Wow. Um, so we've uh, been around. We've, a while. we've been here forever. Yeah, we've been here forever. Very cool. So, what is it about Norman? You know, a lot of people they grow up in Norman and they want to get out. They want to go go away. Uh, but you've obviously decided to plant your roots here and make a career here. What What is it about Norman that uh, makes it a place you want to call home? Man, I'm not gonna lie. I tried to escape a lot. Um, <laughs> gotcha. I, I went to I went to Salt Lake City, Utah, for a couple of years, and I snowboarded and I partied, and it was amazing. And the the, the mountains and and every part of the landscape there is just incredible. And you know, I just for whatever reason, Norman's home, so I come back. Yeah. I ran off to Los Angeles, lived in Los Angeles for about a year, and um, it's crazy. It's busy. It's a wild art scene. There's you know, famous people everywhere. There's all kind of great stuff going on. And for whatever reason, it's just Norman's home, man. I, I come home every time. Every time I run away, I always miss home. This is where my family is, where my friends are. And, and um, you know, as, as as much as this city's changed in my lifetime, um, I still have hope that it's the city that I love. So you, your your website says that for the past twelve years you've been making a living uh, exclusively as an artist. Talk about your path. Uh, you're born in, in 1979, so you had to have been doing doing something else uh, post high school and, and before you know going full time as an artist. What were you doing before that? And talk about kind of what uh, paved the way for you to to make that transition and do art full time. 
Well, I was politely asked to leave high school in about the ninth grade. Um, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I was, uh, I was, I was a little bit of a knucklehead. Um, and honestly, I, I, I liked, uh, I liked partying and doing drugs and being free and, and drinking and, and doing all the stuff that, uh, that I thought was like rock star stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I get people ask me every once in a while, like, as of right now, I've been sober about 13 years. Um, congratulations. So there's a, there's a really, there's a really long portion of my life uh, probably 15, 16 years of it that were, um, just a wild party. Um, and I, I went everywhere. I tried everything. There was nothing I wasn't afraid of. Um, I really kind of just, I, I, I think my older brother has had three jobs in his entire life. Uh, my <laughs> older brother's about 40, 46 years old. He's had three jobs. Um, one was a couple of years at a trophy shop. One was like probably 15, 20 years working for uh, I-35 Imports. And then he's been with the company that he's with now. And he's just, he just, he's just dedicated and loyal. And uh, my little brother isn't far from that. I think my little brother's probably had five jobs in his whole life. Mm-hmm. I've had probably, I've probably had a hundred. <laughs> um, I never knew, I never knew what I wanted to do. Um I think my parents, my father was a lawyer. My mother was a, uh, was a, uh, librarian. And I think my parents had higher hopes for me. Um, but man, I needed to go, I needed to go get some experience. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a student of life, I guess. I'm an educational variety. I gotta, I gotta get beat up a little bit before I figure out that that's wrong. Mm-hmm. So I think I did everything from, um, I worked at Toys R Us. I worked at a couple of fast food joints when I was a kid. Somewhere in Salt Lake City, I got into construction, working as a construction kind of just a hand. Um, we were building decks and stuff in the mountains uh, on ski resorts, stuff like that. Um, and eventually just kind of turned into like enjoying building stuff. I've always kind of liked the idea of having a pile of raw material and be able to turn it into something different. Yeah. Um, so I've been in that vein for probably... I'd say close to 20 years, probably just doing um, different kind of creative building, not so creative building, but always constructing something. Yeah, cool. So 12 years ago, uh, you um, you made that transition. You were able to to spend um, full time working on art. I, you know, your pieces are amazing. I've, I've I've gone through your portfolio on your site. Talk about. I mean, there's a definite theme. You're 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 you're, you're a sculptor. You're not you know you're not painting. You're not uh, and you're not uh, molding from clay. So for those not familiar with with your work, talk about you know what it is you actually create. Well, so about 12 years ago, I was in the garage with my soon-to-be stepson, and we were. I have I've kind of played with stuff for a long time as far as. Um, you know, welding and stained glass and photography and, you know, a little bit of everything I get my hands on. And welding was kind of the thing that stuck a, uh, scrap metals cheap. Mm-hmm. So I was usually pretty poor. So I could go <laughs> buy a bunch of junk that was cheap and, and build it together, or I could just go find it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and it's kind of a fun medium. It's kind of, it's kind of badass. You know, it's not, uh, I, I always thought pottery was cool, but I didn't think that it was like, you know, it wasn't cool. You know, so I, I kind of struggled with that. Same thing with photography and not to say anything bad about people who do any other art form. I just, 
at the time my ego allowed me to be a welder and, and maybe that was a good thing at the time. I think I've kind of since, um, changed that thought process, but, um, I was kind of starting to do it quite a bit. I was in the garage a lot. Um, my wife and some other people kind of talked me into kind of showing some people. Um, I never really wanted to transition full into art because I just, uh, I liked doing it. I, I just enjoyed the process of it. I didn't want it to be a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and about eight, I guess eight years ago or so, 2012, I think, um, I was in a car wreck with a drunk driver and I ended up, um, ended up basically with a, a cracked vertebrae and I pushed a disc out of my spine. Wow. Um, so I basically ended up having back surgery and fusing the bottom of my spine together. Um, and that kind of, that kind of forced my hand. I mean, the one thing I could do once I recovered from back surgery was I could build little figures. And, um, so I, I kind of jumped in. I had my brothers help me build a table that was tall enough that I didn't have to lean over any so I could stand up straight at it. Nice. And, um, I just started building figures. I had built them before, um, but they weren't as emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, I built a figure right before I had back surgery. I built, I built this, um, it's kind of a guy hanging from a, a piano, a set of piano keys that are up on the wall. And it's this guy hanging there and he's got these big, strong arms that are kind of just locked into the keys. And his body is this shriveled little mess. And the idea behind it was kind of like, um, everything in this guy's life force has gone into what he loved, which is music. Mm-hmm. And so his arms and his hands and everything he's doing are, are really strong and powerful and all this beauty's flowing out of him, but the rest of his body's just kind of shriveled. And I thought that that might be the last piece that I would ever be able to do because I wasn't sure I was going to recover from this back surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and after I recovered, the first piece I did was a piece called Broken. Um, and it was a guy on the floor with his spine twisted up. And it's it kind of a kind of a kickback to, um, to Frida. Um, cause Frida did, you know, this, this really great painting of her spine as like a column and it's all kind of bolted together, um, after her back surgery. And it's kind of that same kind of thing. Like it's this hope thing, like I can get up from here. I can do something different from here. Um, and so after that, most of my sculptures became, um, very emotional, very, uh, body language was everything. I wanted the body language to, um, contribute to your emotion. I wanted you to look at it. I wanted you to feel what he felt, or I wanted you to feel bad for it, or I wanted you to want to pick it up and hug it, or I wanted you to feel like dancing or whatever it is. I wanted it to inspire an emotion. And I wanted that to happen with the most simple and most crude parts and, and crap that I could put together to make that happen. Um, I think the form, when you, when you can, when you can kind of master a form, um, and, and tie the emotion to it, it doesn't really made, matter what it's made out of. Um, all of a sudden, that stuff disappears, and all you see is this, this emotion. So that's kind of that's where it took off to. Well, I, I will say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not an art critic by any, any stretch. I'm not an artist, uh, but I, uh, I, I think you nail it with the emotion thing. I've looked through your stuff, and it, what's amazing to me about it, I'm looking uh, actually at one right now on my computer screen in front of me uh, called Nesting, 
that is one of my favorites from your portfolio. And there's you, it, it's it's metal and it's you know rigid and it's hard and, the, and uh, uh, it's there are nails in there and all this uh, hard corners and hard edges, but there's a, such a vulnerability to this figure you've created and the way you are able to um, portray vulnerability out of all these hard objects is really fascinating to me. Nice. I appreciate it. Is is that hey, it, I had someone tell me Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say is is that is, is does that resonate? Does that make sense that you know is vulnerability something a, a thread that 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 you know is kind of common through your pieces? Absolutely. I I had somebody tell me one time that that uh that uh if I wanted to I could make concrete look soft. <laughs> and I thought that was one of the biggest that was one of the biggest compliments I've ever had. Um the the idea of um, the idea of being able to show I'm I'm a I I wanted to be a manly man my whole life like I wanted to be a tough guy I'm not a tough guy I'm just I got a big heart um, I I love a lot of people and I even love people that I don't like very much um, because I think that you know they they give me an example or they show me something that I need in my life like it, they're important to me regardless of whether they're even a, a fixture or I agree with them or anything. It just, they're important to me because I need to see those pieces of life. Um, I spent a lot of time trying to uh, amplify this, this untouchable tough guy, um, you know, just not showing emotion, not any of that stuff. I wanted to be cool or whatever it is. I don't, I don't know what I was trying to chase when I was a kid, but um as an adult, like I, I love the idea. I tell people I love them all the time. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think we're friends on Facebook, but I post these hearts on my Facebook almost every day. Mm. And it's just, it's just a heart by itself. And it's, it's because I want to be able to show that, um, I can be emotional and that that's a love is this big, big thing in my life today. And it's, and it's something that changed me and it's something that saved me and being able to, um, being able to take stuff that's just nasty and, and broken and rusted and, and chunky and cold and turn it into something warm is about the best description I can give for the people that did that for me in my life. Well, you know, I, I was, I had, I had walls built around me that were ridiculous. Um, I didn't want anyone in. I didn't want anybody to see the real me. I didn't want to be honest with people because I didn't want people to know that I was you know, sad or, 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 or hard or sick or depressed or any of those things. Um, because I didn't feel like that was, that's just not what you do. You keep all that stuff inside and you put on a smile Right. and doing this art, it gave me the opportunity to get out how I felt. And eventually it taught me how to do it in real life. I mean, there's, um, I get to work with a lot of people today. Um, and I get to talk with people that are struggling and I get to talk with people that are, that are, um, successful and I get to talk with this just wide variety of people. Um, and I get to be honest and open with them about me and my struggles and what I went through. You know, there's a, a lot of stuff in my childhood and, and growing up that's stuff that people go through all the time. Um, and there's, there's not really an outlet for a lot of people. You know, you, you find that outlet and you can really free your soul, um, from the torment that we cause ourselves. And, for me that this this is what did it for me was being able to create you know yeah wow 
Well, it's it's powerful stuff, and and uh, before we before we jump off, we'll later in, on the podcast we'll share with everybody how to how to view your stuff. But I do want to talk about the the Norman art community. You know, Oklahoma uh, obviously isn't known for um, you know having a huge art community. Norman uh, is a pocket where there there is some support for the arts. We have the Norman Art Walk. Talk about. Um, you know how the support Norman provides for for artists and you specifically, and and uh, are you you know are, are do you display uh, on the Art Walk or can people check out your stuff there? I've done it before. I haven't done it in a long time. Um, I I basically have I have one gallery in Santa Fe that represents me, okay. um, and honestly, the pandemic kind of shut down most of yeah uh, most of the artwork for a while. I I got to create a piece with Cody the other day when he came over and did some photographs of me and and that was honestly the first one i'd done in a little bit and it really it was amazing um yeah i've been you know had to jump back into working for a living for a little while (laughs) just to kind of cover things and yeah it's still creative but not quite as fun um the norman art scene is you know this is the place main street the the foreman function lab specifically that uh, nick lillard used to have on main street um that's where i did my first show Mm. and you know, I took all these little weird birds and, and, and weird little things and weird little figures, and I, I set them up, and um, I got a lot of love right out of the gate. Um, sold, some, sold some work, felt really good about it, and uh, felt really sad about it, too, because I, I put a lot into my pieces, so it's kind of hard to let go of them sometimes. Um, but I've, I've, I've spent a lot of time going down the Art Walk, and I've spent a lot of time in and around the Norman art scene. Um, I think it could always be better. I mean, I think that's, I think that's what you hope for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know that, you know, the cost of main street is pretty expensive. I know that, you know, you, a lot of art communities, they, they bring in restaurants and they bring in, you know, tourists and they bring in people that want to see things and the prices go up and it kind of pushes the artists out. That's kind of a, kind of a standard, I think, in a lot of art scenes. Um, that's specifically happened in like, the Paseo in Oklahoma city and, and the Plaza district, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but the cool thing about artists is that artists are resilient and they kind of stick around. They'll find the edge. Mm-hmm. They'll find the edge that they can keep what they're doing going. And so you've got a lot of little pockets around Norman of these cool, um, little art groups. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of support on Facebook, a lot of people on Facebook and Instagram that share their art. Um, and there's people that do it, you know, out of inspiration you know people go out and they go to art walk and they're inspired you know it's not just uh it's not just a nice walk with a corn dog and a funnel cake it's um you know you get to go out and you get to experience things that inspire you and you know art comes in in lots of different forms it's uh for me it comes out in metal there's people who write there's people who photograph there's people who speak there's people who sing there's all this great kind of stuff you know the norman music festival is another great great thing that brings, you know, this, this art to our community. Um, and I, I would love to see it get bigger. I would love to see public art everywhere in Norman. You know, I know there's some going on. I know there's some big pieces here and there. Um, but I would like to see more of it. You know, you go to, you go to some of these cities that I've been to Santa Fe in particular, you know, Santa Fe is just an art Mecca. So it's kind of a, kind of not a good example, but there's just art everywhere. Every five feet. Mm-hmm. Every five feet, there's a sculpture or the, you know, the bus stop is a, is a sculpture or, you know, just everywhere, murals everywhere, you know, great, great, big, beautiful stuff. And it's why it's one of my favorite, most inspiring places to go, you know? Yeah. Wow. So are, are you, are you, do you do commissioned art or is it, is it primarily you, you, you create something 
uh, that you want to create and then you put it, put it up for sale? I do commissioned art. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty picky about it. Um, I used to just want to do everything anybody asked me to do and I don't do that anymore. Um, not because it's, uh, not because it's good or bad. I think if you can commission art and, and you, and you're happy with it, I think you absolutely should. I'm not happy usually when I do it, unless people just say, you know what, I just want a piece and this is my price range and I get to do whatever I want. Um, I love that people are inspired by my art and I love that people like my art. I'm, I'm glad that I've, I mean, I have pieces in collections all over the world. Um, but, but the, the arts for me, the fact that other people get something out of it is amazing. Um, that's, that's just a bonus. Yeah. Um, I love that people love it, but if I lived in a dark hole in the ground and I had one light bulb and a welder, I would still be making art. Yeah. Um, it's, it's what frees me from the world. It's what takes, it's what takes me away. So I, I love that that's out there. And when people come to me every once in a while, somebody will come to me and say, Hey, I've, I've got this idea for a sculpture that I'd like to see. And they'll tell me the idea. And I'm like, Hey, can I play with that a little bit? And I'll kind of turn it into something that, that I think kind of catches it. And, uh, and sometimes it's just, it turns into some of the best work I've ever done. Oh. So, you, you made reference to this earlier the the idea of kind of you know sell, selling your pieces is a little bit sad, but talk about that a little bit more because I can't. I mean, lo- looking at your work, there is definitely and hearing you talk, there's such a, a a piece of you in everything you create. How hard is it to let that stuff go? I I can't imagine spending that much time on something pour your pouring your heart into something, and and then just let letting it go and and knowing I might not ever see this thing again. There's some that, um, there's some that I, I've got one at my house that I will probably never sell. And it's after my father died. Um, my dad used to like, we always had this stuff we had to do in order to get something. And I know that most parents are like that, but Mm -hmm. you know, we always had these like hoops that we had to jump through. Mm -hmm. And I told my dad one time, I said, you're like a circus master. You know, I got to jump through all these hoops before I get a treat, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? And my dad said, well, as you get older, there's more of them and they get smaller. Mm. And, and I was like, you know, at the time it didn't mean much. I was just like, why are you being a jerk dad? <laughs> but later in, later in life, that, that statement was so profound to me that when he passed away, you know, I put together this sculpture and it's this series of hoops that get smaller. And there's this little, this tiny one at the end that the guy, there's a guy kind of jumping through all the hoops. He's got this kind of dive trajectory where he's going through all of them and he, there's no way he's going to fit through that last hoop it's just too small and there is not anything in this in this cat's body that says that he's not going to try and so i've got that piece and and it's called life's little hoops um i did probably it's probably on my website somewhere i don't know um but it's it's probably one of my favorite pieces and i think that it will it will likely stay at my house. Even if I put it in the garage next to my pool table or something, it'll, it'll stay at my house probably forever. Some of the other ones, there's stuff that I sold that I, um, I didn't necessarily, I didn't really want to sell it at the time. Um, and it just kind of like, I've got one in particular that I had a conversation. This person wanted to buy it and I wasn't really interested in selling it at the time. And I had a conversation with this person and by the end of the conversation, I was convinced that this person would love this sculpture <laughs> probably more than I ever could. And so I just, I said, okay, you know, it's yours. And I, and I sold it. 
Um, I've had others that I've given away. Mm. Um, I've had people that just told me just some, a story that just, that changed the direction of my life. It's just a story that hit me so deeply that I just said, you know what? Cheers. Take it. Wow. Um, I didn't have any idea that it meant that much to anyone other than me. And the more I have conversations with people, I had a guy call me the other day that I built the, I did a commission for him and his wife for their 20th wedding anniversary. Um, and it's a big sculpture and it's, it's awkward and it's crazy and it's kind of wild, but it was exactly what he wanted. Um, and he called me the other day to let me know that he had found this letter that is, that he had written his wife 20 years ago. And it described this sculpture, you know, this, this story of their life that was in this sculpture. And the guy's like, he's a, he's this big kind of, he's this big kind of tough guy. He's a teddy bear, but he's this big kind of tough guy. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he was, he was literally like emotionally he was crying about it because it meant so much to him. And that like, like, I don't care. I don't care if, if, if I'm ever famous, I don't care if I make a lot of money doing it. Um, if I can hear stories like that and I can talk to people that my arts hit them like that, like, I mean, that's better than money. I, I can't think of, I can't think of anything. I'd, I'd rather build, I'd rather build, you know, pergolas and decks and other, other junk for the rest of my life. Um, if I get those little nuggets in my life from the art that I do, because I want to. Yeah. So that's really cool. I, 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 I do have a couple more questions for you about, about your, you know, about Norman and your ties to Norman, but you know, thank you for, for sharing that about your artwork. Tell everybody real quick where they can find um, out information about your art, view your art, follow you on social media, contact you, any of that type of information you want to share. Sure. Well, I've got, uh, I've got uh, Brett McDaniel sculpture is my Instagram um, I've also got a Brett McDaniel sculpture, uh, Facebook page. Um, I'm on Facebook, which is, you know, it is what it is. Like I said, due to the pandemic, um, I've got one gallery in Santa Fe and it's called pop gallery. Uh, it's right off the plaza on Lincoln street. Um, and they are the, basically the only people that carry my work anymore. They're kind of the exclusive gallery for me. Okay. Um, this year, I think that because of, I usually do the downtown art festival, uh, in Oklahoma city. Um, and I usually try to do, you know, a couple of things a year and just the pandemic kind of curveballed everything. So I'm hoping maybe next year will be somewhat normal again and I can do some of these festivals and fun stuff like that. But, uh, for now you can just follow me on social media and, and check out my website. Very so. cool. Well, for, for all those that don't know uh, the spelling, it's B R E T T. M-C-D-A-N-E-L sculpture.com and then uh, on, on the social media as well, same Brett, Brett McDaniel sculpture. Now, Brett, um, it, something I always like to ask, uh, especially long uh, time Normanites is, is uh, things from their past, things about uh, about Norman that have changed and I always love hearing about things that maybe aren't here anymore but used to be your favorite spots to go back when you were a kid or in high school that you that you uh, have some nostalgia for so what comes to mind is some places that uh, maybe we don't have anymore but you sure wish we did well immediately I, uh, I'm maybe because it's recent is Skateland shut down oh I know like I that, heard about that, that that boggles my mind. I kissed my first girl there. Like oh, wow. that's like the, that was the spot. That was the, that was, that's where we went. I think mm-hmm. I started going there in maybe fifth grade and, and you know, fifth and sixth, seventh grade. I think that's the only place I hung out. So mm-hmm. it's kind of weird that that's gone. Um, I definitely miss the Vista. 
Yeah. Um, sure. I used to, I used to enjoy going up, you know, it's just the tallest building in Norman. I think maybe the energy center is a little taller, but one of the tallest buildings in Norman, you can see downtown Oklahoma city from the corner booth and sit there and eat a hamburger and enjoy yourself. Um, I think another one I was talking about the other day was putt putt, you know, putt putt okay. was putt putt was the, that was the, I think when we graduated from skateland, we moved on to putt putt <laughs> and then perfect swing. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think that, um, I think that Norman has all of these, there's just, to, there's too much stuff. I've been here for, I've been here off and on for 42 years and it's, um, there's just all of this stuff. I, I remember when I was a kid, when my dad used to take us out to Sutton wilderness and Sutton wilderness was, there were barely trails then, mm-hmm. you know, it was just kind of, there was kind of some trails that the, I think a local boy scout troop had, had kind of gone through and cut some trails in. And, and now it's like this, you know, great easily walkable path i think there's a couple of miles of path um i think there's a lot of stuff that's kind of grown up you know you get this the legacy trail that cuts through norman i think is is kind of fun it's my shop's right across the street in the summertime every once in a while when i'm bored i shut down the door and i take my dog and i go for a walk down the path and and uh you know the parks the parks have definitely been a part of my life i'm kind of an outdoor person so anytime i get that chance that's that's something that i love about norman as well so but there's a ton of stuff. I mean, I think we could make lists of stuff. That's yeah, just part sure. of Norman. For sure. It was, yeah, definitely disappointing to see Skateland. I, I think Putt Putt must have been before my time. I moved here in in '97 to go to school, and have been here since. But uh, so I, that one, uh, uh, where was Putt Putt at? So okay, we're talking. You know where Lock Supply is on uh, over there off of uh, 24th. Yeah, I do. So just next to the highway. So that lot used to be putt putt and they had, they had, it was kind of like a, it was kind of like a dollar store, perfect swing, but it was cool. <laughs> you know, it had like uh it had, it had a couple of like a nine, maybe nine or, or 10 hole putting course. And then it had some go-karts and some batting cages. Like, so it was, it was cool. It was, it was a cool place. Nice. Yeah. I remember perfect swing obviously. And, uh, and uh, now we have uh, up the road, the other direction, heyday. And, uh, I guess Andy alligators is closed down, uh, because of the, I think that was a pandemic, a loss to the pandemic as well. But, uh, uh, sure. anyway, some, sure. some, some great, uh, great nostalgic locations there, Brett, I, I can't thank you enough. Uh, it's been, it's truly inspiring to hear you talk about your art. It's, uh, I, I love looking at it and I, I hope that, uh, pretty soon we can, uh, get back out there. Maybe I'll see you at the Norman Art Walk, uh, hanging out. Um, sure. But thank you so much for doing this. Uh, thanks for your time. And uh, again, everyone who's uh, listening, go to brettmcdanielsculpture dot com. Follow him on social media and check out uh, his work. Thanks again, Brett. Hey, no problem. Can I add one more thing before oh, we abso- go? Absolutely, please. I would be remiss if I didn't tell you about the best thing that has happened to me in Norman's history, and that is, you know, meeting my wife and my kids. Okay. Um, my, my, my wife's a transplant from San Antonio and, um, you know, she's, she's, her name's Sarah. She's, uh, um, she's probably the only reason that I showed anybody my art. Um, she, she is the, she was kind of the person that said, you know, for one thing, the garage was full of all these little things that she was like, you seriously got to do something with these. But, um, you know, I, some, a lot of my greatest inspiration has come from watching my kids do stuff. I've got one, um, of a kid jumping off of a house with an umbrella and my, my kid literally did that. Um, and my neighbor actually caught a picture of it while he was doing it, which is <laughs> kind of terrible of my neighbor at the same time as kind of, kind of hilarious. Yeah. Um, but 
So I just, I'd be remiss if I didn't, if I didn't talk about, you know, the inspiration that, that my wife and kids have given me over the years. So well, I, I just wanted to add that before we headed out. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, we, uh, it sounds like she was uh, integral in um, getting your art out to the world. So we, we have her to thank uh, heavily for, for that. Oh, she's leaps and bounds cooler than I am too. So that helps. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thank you again, uh, Brett. Uh, thanks for your time, and uh, and good luck to you in, in everything you do. Lance, I appreciate you having me on. I just don't know what to do with myself I don't know what to do with myself